Hey, this is Jacob. This is Teej. We are so glad you're tuning in. If you haven't gotten a chance to listen to our last episode with Coach Quasi Drake, give that a listen. Today, we are interviewing Coach Angela Moore, who is the junior high and high school girls basketball coach for the Taylorsville Tartars. Coach Moore is a perfect example of what it means to coach for the glory of God. What you're going to hear in this interview is a coach who has a love for her players probably more than you have ever seen, and that is because of what Jesus has done on the inside of her. I hope your heart is compelled to make an impact for Jesus among your influence as you listen to the heart of this coach. Billy Graham said a coach will influence more people in one year than the average person will in a lifetime. A coach is a parent, mentor, and friend. They're an influencer of the next generation. All this is hard to see just watching from the stands. When you watch from the stands, you can see the coach, but you can't see the heart of a coach. So join us as we dive in a little below the surface into the heart of a coach. Ms. Angela, TJ and I are super honored to have you as the second coach, but the first female coach on our podcast. It is actually a really cool story how we chose you to be the first female coach on our podcast because we did not know each other personally before this podcast. But we had three mutual friends who highly, highly recommended you to be the first female coach on our podcast. So thank you, Miss Angela, for being on here with us. Will you tell us a little bit about your story and how you got into coaching? I'm the girls basketball coach at Taylorsville High School, and I've been teaching and coaching for 35 years. That's a long time, but I've only coached for 18 years. I started my coaching career at McGee Middle School, and I was only at that level for about five years, and then I got the opportunity to take the Taylorsville job, and I've been there coaching at Taylorsville High School, the girls' basketball program, and the junior high program. I have all, every girl that bounces a basketball, I coach them at Taylorsville. So I've been there for 13 years. I enjoy every minute of it and love what I do. I never dread getting up, going to work. It's just, I know it's exactly what God had planned out for me to do with my life. When you look at your calling through God's eyes, it's a privilege to do what you do rather than a burden. I know you said you taught for a lot of years before you actually got into coaching. So what made you want to jump into coaching when your first uh, obligation was teaching? Well, you know, I'm, when I think back on that, I'm, I'm really not sure what the one thing was. I had taught fourth grade at McGee, and as I started getting accustomed to being in the middle school, and that at McGee, that's five through eight. Then that, you know, being around junior high sports, then the girls basketball came open and I had my principal come to me and just say, would you like to coach? And I thought about it. I prayed about it. And then it was just like, well, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to coach. And then while I was coaching middle school, it, I guess, you know, the coaching fever just jumped all over me and I started having that desire to coach at the high school level. The job at McGee just, it, it never came open during those years. And I don't often tell this, but I turned the job down the first time that it was offered to me because it just didn't, it just didn't feel right. 
And after I prayed about it and asked God just to help me make, you know, let me put him first and let me make the decision through what he wanted me to do. And so anyway, I turned it down the first time. And my prayer was, God, if I'm supposed to have this job, it will come open again. If that's what you want me to do, then it will come open. And believe this, the next year it came back open and I was offered it again. And so the second time it was offered, I said, yep, this is it. I'm going to take it. Tell us some of the differences. Obviously, there are huge differences in teaching and coaching, but also some of the ways that you were able to influence middle schoolers in the classroom, and then how does that translate, and has that been different influencing and coaching high schoolers? Quite a big difference in, in that because seventh and eighth grade girls are so much different than high school girls. Honestly, you have to use quite a bit of sternness with junior high than what you do with high school. I guess I want to say you can't be quite as gentle with junior highs what you can with high school because you they just have to learn you and they have to learn what it what it means to have the privilege of playing ball and representing your school and representing themselves and still being that person that they're supposed to be through God's eyes and still play basketball. So Yes, and and also I would like to say this too. I've always taught the junior high level. Like now, I'm teaching seventh and eighth grade. And since I've started coaching, I've been teaching seventh and eighth grade. And I I love teaching. And I know that that Jacob had said that earlier that I I didn't go to college to be a coach. I went. My passion was in teaching, and it was. And so. God really gave me a, a, a gift and a love for, for teaching, and especially in the middle school. It's amazing how when, when you're getting up every day, preparing yourself to go into a classroom or into a gym with, with junior high kids, you get up every morning and you say, Lord, I want to surrender to what you want me to do, and don't let me blow it. Let me do everything that I do with my eyes focused on you, because if I didn't do that every day, I would blow it. My my flesh would blow it. Um, Miss Angela, in your years as a player, did you have a coach who had a positive impact on your life, and how does that motivate you as you coach today? You know, I was blessed during all my years of playing basketball, high school and in college, because I had coaches that believed in being strict, they believed in discipline, but they believed in working us hard and making us the best that we could be. They didn't do it through uh, a negative way. There was no intimidation. There was no belittling. There was no degrading. Another big thing that I took from when I was playing ball in high school and college is that you have to let your players know what you expect to them as far as representing the school, themselves, the team, and Christ. That's something that I took from all the coaches that I had that, you know, there's expectations because you're putting on this uniform. You're going out representing not just yourself, but something a lot bigger than what you are. And I have integrated that into my program from the very beginning. You know, as the assistant tennis coach at Jones, and I'm not too much older than my players, but I am. This generation below me, just a couple of years I think I've really seen a difference in how they react to tougher coaching and coaches who really stay on them. How do you instill that tough love into your daily coaching, this younger generation that's almost grown up where they expect to be praised all the time? Look, I, I know exactly what you're talking about as far as 
players that want to be praised all the time and never be never receive any constructive criticism. I, it gets back and and honestly, I just I I talk with my girls and I'm, I'm when I say this, I'm speaking at for my high school girls about about everything that's going on in their lives. And this is something that you probably know. And if you've been around girls very much at all, they can spin on a dime from one to 360 every day. And so as their coach, I know that and I expect that. And that way I won't get caught off guard thinking that, oh, they're going to be the same every day. No, they're not going to be. Because teenage girls are difficult, <laughs> and I can say that they're difficult. They're a lot harder to deal with than what guys are. But because that is what God has chosen me to do, and that is what I love doing, I had to learn how to deal with that. But getting back to them wanting to be praised all the time, which is, is so true, I would say about 80% of them want to be praised all the time and not want to be corrected at any time, you have to do it through a loving way. That's what I do. Now, I, I can't say, I can't speak for everybody. I'm just speaking for myself. I do it through a loving way. I, I cannot do it in a harsh, brassy way of, you know, I know, I know all and you don't know anything. No, I don't use that approach. And I've never seen it work. It doesn't work for me. I know that. I, I don't degrade them. I don't, you know, because of society that we live in and most of their backgrounds if, that they're coming from, they don't want to be corrected. And so as their coach, I had to figure out, hey, let me come up with a way that I can show them love, but also correct them so that they won't just get mad and quit and soul for the next three days. So it's all about how you deal with it. But I had to recognize that as a coach before it could, uh, before I could do it, you know, I, I had to recognize what would work with them. And my thinking is there are so many coaches that don't take the time to figure out, hey, it would, it would work a lot better if I would just calm myself down and do it in a loving but stern manner and get across my point. On that note, Miss Angela, I've seen all across the state coaches have huge impacts on their players but not only their players, but fellow coaches and opposing coaches. Have you ever had a coach approach you who he or she might not have made the best impact on their players, but they saw how you coached and asked you about your coaching style? Well, I, you know, we as coaches, we talk a lot and we share things that work with our players and what I've noticed a lot about when we when we're talking as coaches that we have a lot of the same problems and you know it's always good to find out you're not out there by yourself you know that we're all we're all dealing with the same things but it's not so much about this I see this is working for you so you know not 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 that aspect of it, but just sharing with each other and just being comforting to each other as far as, you know, what's going on with our players and what we have to deal with. And we're dealing with a lot of the same thing. So not really the this is working for you, that kind of thing. 
on to more of a practical question. What does it look like for you to coach for the glory of God on a day-to-day basis? I thought about this, and one of the first things that I thought of about coaching for the glory of God is that we all were created to give God glory. That's our purpose here on earth is to glorify God. And it doesn't matter if you're coaching, you're teaching, you're you're banking, you're fishing every day. Whatever you're doing, you're supposed to be doing it for the glory of God. And it just so happens that God chose me and gave me the opportunity to be a coach to impact my players' lives for his glory. And every morning when I wake up, I just ask God to use me, use me in a way that's going to bring him glory. And I want that. I, I want that so much. You know, not that every day that that I don't blow it, because there's plenty of days when, when I do blow it. But my heart's intent is to give God glory and to glorify him and the things that I say and do. And with with my basketball girls and with the students that I teach, I want everything to point to him. So having the opportunity and God using me as an instrument for him is just my privilege to be able to do that. And it's an honor for me able to do it because bottom line is God doesn't need any of us to do anything. (laughs) And for him to choose me to coach and for him to choose me as being used as an instrument for him is something that, that I treasure and I thank God for every day. Can you speak to some of those opportunities that you do have every day to impact your players for the kingdom and what do those look like for you? You know, I think it's I think that list could go on and on and on and I pray for God to open my eyes to all the opportunities that he gives me each and every day to to glorify him and to serve him and to have an impact on my players and my students on a day-to-day basis. My big word is being consistent with living my life for the Lord in front of my players and my students. And that's something that they need more than I think that I could express to you right now, because this generation needs people that are going to give them stability and and that are going to give them consistency, not hollering and screaming at them one second and going down to, you know, wanting to hang out. And I think they get real confused with life in general when people are like that. So my my goal is just to be consistent with who I am as a follower of Christ, because that's what I want. I want my life to point them to Christ. Every day I, I let them know how much I care about them. And I don't just tell them, you know, I care about you. I show them through different things that I can do for them. And just Doing little things for them. I mean, just like making sure that they have water to drink after practice or giving them a treat or having bubble gum for them before every game. You know, that was a big thing that that mine always wanted was bubble gum. Well, they didn't always have means to go get it or money to go get it or whatever. So I would pull out the bubble gum every night before we played our game. And you know, that was, that's just something that's so small that means so much to them. And, you know, my husband and I have opened our home up, but God allows you to have, have discernment on things that you can do to impact their lives on a day-to-day basis. And I tell my players that I love them because I do. 
And, you know, it's not anything for one of them when they start leaving practice to turn around before they go out that door and say, Coach Moore, I love you. And I'll say, I love you too. And we'll see each other in the hall and they'll say, Coach Moore, I love you. And I, I love you too. You know, it's just, it's that love that you have that only can come from Christ. But this is one thing that on a day-to-day basis that I wanted to bring out. I pray for them. I pray for them and I pray with them. And this is a a special time for us because we don't do the Lord's Prayer. I cut that out years ago because I I just couldn't take it anymore because they were just, you know, you get in a circle, you say the Lord's Prayer, and then you're out. (laughs) You know, and I I told them, I explained it to them. I said, y'all, look, this is not working for me because I just feel like that Saying the Lord's Prayer is a good thing. It's the model prayer, and it's it's in the Bible. It's intended to be good. It's part of God's Word. But I think I want to take this time with y'all to pray with you and pray over you, and then if any of the rest of you want to pray, then you can. And so at the end of every practice, at the end of every game, we pray together. And so that that was just a really, really special time that we had together every single day. I mean, every day. And I could go on and on on this day-to-day thing. How do, you, how do you do something day-to-day? But I would wash their uniforms. And as I would take them out of the dryer and fold them up, I would pray over every one of my basketball girls when their, when their jersey would come up. I would pray over that jersey and pray especially for them as I would flip that jersey over. And then I would... A lot of times I would go in our locker room and when they weren't in there and I would walk around the locker room and I would pray just around and around where they would be dressing, just pray for them individually. And then often I would just walk walk around the basketball court up and down, backwards and forth, you know, and, and pray for them, call them by name, call every one of their names out and just ask God's blessings on them and to take care of them. So I would say that that would be my biggest and my most important way of impacting my players for the Lord is through praying for them and with them. Miss Angela, you can hear all over your voice and the showing of your emotions how much you care for your players. And I just love that. You almost have me uh, tearing up on the other side of the screen. Um, And the way you pray for them is definitely an inspiration to any coach who's listening. I just love the love that you have for your players. One thing that's big for you in coaching for the glory of God is to be consistent in who you are because it is so hard to trust an inconsistent coach and it's so easy to get behind a consistent coach. And the reason I think consistency is such a big deal is number one, if you're consistent, that creates or paints a great picture of Jesus. Because although Jesus was radical, he was very and is very consistent in who he is as far as love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness. And I think you really just showed how the Lord is working in your life to show that same consistency to your players. Miss Angela, can you tell us a story of a player that has went through your program that had a major life change because of how God has used your coaching? This is when I thought I would really have my emotional breakdown while I was going through this. But I can tell you about one particular player that God used me through this through this young lady. And I got to 
experience her coming to know the Lord. I wasn't actually there when it happened, but she and I, from the time that she was in my program in the in the eighth grade, I think if I'm not mistaken, let's see. Yeah, she was in the eighth grade, my first year at Taylorsville, and we immediately had a connection. And to be honest with you, she's probably the best player I've ever coached. And she was just a phenomenal player. And I would talk to her all the time about about God saving grace, about a, a relationship with him and how important a relationship with him was. And during her years at, that she was playing for me, she never made a decision to follow Jesus. And one day, it was about it was about two years after she graduated. I think I've got my time frame right on that. I was, I, I'm not quite for sure on that, but she called me. And I thought it was during the middle of the day, and I thought it was unusual to be getting a, a phone call from her at that time. And anyway, I, when I answered, answered it, she said, Coach, I've got some good news to tell you. And I said, what in the world? I said, what's going on? She said, I've been saved. And she said, and one of the words she, she used was, I've been saved, I've been delivered. And then her next thing was, I just wanted to tell you first. And that was some of the best news that I have ever heard in, in all of my life. And she is a player that, even though she's graduated, been graduated for a while now, she keeps in contact with me. She always texts me on, on my birthday to tell me happy birthday. But one of the most special things that uh, she did, one day she came by the school and she brought me a letter that she had written to me. And in part of it, she wrote, Coach, all the places that I've gone, I've always wanted you there with me. And I was just like, wow. I just thought to have somebody think that highly of you, that, that they want you to be there with them wherever they are, that just pointed out to me the impact that I am responsible for for having on all of these young ladies. And it's a very serious, serious thing. At that, you know, I just don't want to ever take it lightly. I don't want to take it for granted. And... I certainly don't want to disappoint God in not fulfilling what he wants me to do for him by having an impact on all these young ladies. That just goes to show what happens when you are consistent, like we were talking about, in planting seeds in the people of your influence. That girl, even though she didn't give her life to Jesus while she was on your team, was so impacted by your example of Christ when she was under you that you were the first person that she called. So that just speaks testaments about what God is doing through your coaching. We're going to wrap it up with the last question. Uh, when your career is over, what do you want to be said of you? There are several big things that I want them to remember me for. First, I want them to always remember me for being someone that loved the Lord more than anything. That they know that I love the Lord and that he came first in my life. And I want them to remember the times that we prayed together and that we prayed a personal prayer to the Lord, speaking to him on behalf of anyone and everyone on our team. And I want them to remember me for prayer being an important part of, of my daily life. And one of the things that I, I tell my girls, I tell them this on a regular basis, that they're going to have a lot of relationships in their lives and the opportunity to develop a lot of relationships. But the most important relationship 
that you will ever have is the one that you have with the Lord. And if there was one thing that I wanted them to remember me for, that would be it. The importance of your personal relationship with the Lord. Then one verse that I that I use often with them, Colossians 3:23, when it says, Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people. I tell them that, and I want them to remember me for having said this, that whatever you do, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Just like I said before, it doesn't matter if you're fishing, you're coaching, you're preaching, you're teaching, you're washing dishes at McDonald's. It doesn't matter. But you do it for the Lord and you do it with all your heart. He is all, he wants what's best for you. He wants you to do what you're doing for his glory and to honor him and not do it for people. Well, Miss Angela, by the stories you've told us already, I'm sure that is how your legacy is going to go down. Uh, me and TJ are so thankful you hopping on our podcast with us. It was such a treat to get to hear your heart. And thank you just for being open with your emotions about your players. It is just a great thing for other coaches to, to see how coaching can be when you do it for the glory of God. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk about two things that I love, and that's basketball and that's the Lord. Well, Miss Angela, thank you so much for being our guest. We really enjoyed our time talking to you. It was such an honor. Well, you're welcome. Thank y'all.